And our fourth speaker will be Deborah Willis, who is chair of the Department of Photography and Imaging at New York University's Tisch School of the Arts, and is also a university professor in the Africana Studies program in the College of Arts and Sciences, in addition to her noted work as a curator and exhibiting photographer. Deborah received her PhD from George Mason University and has been the recipient of Fletcher, Guggenheim, and MacArthur Foundation fellowships. And she was named one of the 100 most important people in photography by American Photography Magazine. Among her many works, Deborah is author of Picturing Us, African American Identity in Photography, and uh, another, another book, Posing Beauty, African American Images from the 1890s to the Present, and co-author of a Small Nation of People, W.B. Du Bois and African American Portraits of Progress. Her most recent books include Michelle Obama, The First Lady in Photographs, published in 2009, and as co-editor, Black Venus, They Called Her Hot and Tot, published in 2010. This is really exciting to see the work and, and the research of, of my colleagues here. And so, so, my, so my work is it's focusing on, I have images, and as a photographer, I'm always concerned about you getting the quality of, of the photograph, and, and so that's why I wanted it darker. But I want to, I want to talk about the, and, and thank you, Donna and Josh, for inviting me to share um, this work. But I want to talk about this aspect of this pictorial record um, and a new memory of photography. And so I'm going to go through a lot of images and, and also think about how these images become um, standards for reimagining um, the images of, of black soldiers, specifically um, workers, but also to consider how they, I want us to think about the standard of how people were posed, um, what happened in front of the camera, but also to contemplate I, you know, just how we imagine this experience. So here, one of the early images. Um, this is an image that is seen as a banner. So when we think about how, how blacks were honored during this time, so this is the 24th Regiment of the U U.S. Colored Troops. The banner says, let soldiers, in, let soldiers in war be citizens in peace. So thinking about um, the difficulties that blacks had in volunteering for the for service, that um, eventually 180,000 um, troops were um, in in service. But at the same, but during the early years, not until um, the activism of, of some of the of black activists as well as whites, did they enter into the service. But the photographs that were developed as a result of creating um, images of men who were seen, um, who were, some were formerly enslaved, some were uh, runaways and freed, but the fact that they decided to pose for the camera to, for, this is an 1864 photograph, the aspects of images that were, were presented included iconic symbolic images of the American flag, hand-tinted with pistol, um, a painting in the backdrop of, of cannon, but also telling the story about bravery and, and how the poses um, were seen as significant. 
um, Frederick Douglass was one of the um, voices in terms of creating um, the call for blacks to enlist in, in the service, in the Union Army, but also he was conflicted because also his sons decided to join. We also see images that, that circulated, made by a black photographer. Here um, is John Brown by Augustus Washington, that as he's posed um, in prepared to salute, prepared to fight, to prepared to make a difference. And so photography became kind of a, a storytelling moment for, for some of the people who posed. Um, this is a photograph of, of Lewis Douglas, Frederick Douglass' son, who was in the 54th Mass um, Infantry. That um, This is, was in the collection of Howard University. But here we begin to see as this photograph circulated, people um, talked about his pose, you know, that very rarely would you see a black man with such confidence in a posed image. So we see his, his cap, his arms folded, and then um, the whole aspect of how he is viewed in terms of a man, as, as, they, as this is a, so a manly man pose. Um, but it's fascinating when we begin to see how these stories were developed through the aspect of imaging, these images of, of black soldiers. Um, Martin Delaney um, also was a journalist and a physician um, later, but an activist um, against um, in terms of fighting, and but also wanting to have a voice within within the service, he eventually um, met with um, Lincoln and became um, an officer. But rarely known, but with the colored troops, he was with the 52nd U.S. Colored Troops. He is posed here. Most of the photographs we know of Martin Delaney are illustrations and drawings. Rarely um, we find images of photographs. Um, we happen to see that earlier photograph, and we began to see how photography was central in documenting the, and how photography was used. So the roaming of the camera, the driver, the black figure that was included in, in this. These are images that are popular and well-known, but I found it fascinating in terms of how do we reread these images. These recruits with um, standing with their rifles, but also um, in their uniforms. They believed that they could die, they could kill for freedom, that they considered um, ways of, of contributing for their own freedom, even with um, the voices of, even working as laborers, the images posed as cooks, um, images as, as musicians, um, teamsters, um, as we see with uh, men who were um, leading the wagon trains and, and carrying the wa wagon trains. Here we see some men posed outside of um, the, the slave auction house in, in Alexandria. Two men, um, their letters that men sent home to their families. So here again we see why the whole aspect of why they were fighting, so that their children could, um, could be free. They also um, fought, and their wives were also part of the discussion, where they were concerned that a white private earned $13 per month. The black soldier initially received only $10 a month, but 
$3 were automatically adopt, uh, um, deducted for, for clothing. So soldiers fought um, along with their wives trying to get um, full pay. So, so I'm going to just go through some images that I've just found striking with the hand-colored, the seated pose, um, standing with their muskets, with pistols, looking daring and dashing, and, and the fact that this photograph circulated and, of course, it was used and you know, abused because of the carrying of um, the circulation of the image. So on these images of, in terms of brotherhood, um, and then uh, there's in terms of bunkers, that they built the bunkers, they, um, they're placed outside, they're posed um, within, but they were also in terms of entertainment. Um, they were used, um, some of the black soldiers not only worked as laborers, but they were also used to entertain the troops. So this is cockfighting. Um, there is um, the aspect of, let's see, this is not the one, but there are other aspects of it. Here's one guarding the, the artillery, artillery um, pose, but also concerned about what happens next with their lives. They also, in terms of the aspects of the images of looking at um, the wagon train, that they had to build the railroads. They had to reinforce the railroads because they were destroyed by the Confederates. So the Union soldiers um, also were used to, as laborers, to create, um, to reinforce the railroad as cooks again, and, and also within, in the South, with, with cotton. So how they, um, they're posed within the cotton but they were used to also pack and carry the cotton later. Um, they, as I mentioned earlier, leading the wagon train, working, and then um, posed in different ways. And this is a, a young man who was um, seen as a deserter and publicly, in terms of the hanging of, of this figure, it's a way of deterrent, of ways of fighting back and, and telling um, publicly that if this happens, you know, you will possibly run away. If you try to run away, that you will be killed. This is, his name is William Johnson, and this was made in 1864 in Petersburg, Virginia. So he um, was seen as a deserter. Um, as we see, there are other blacks in the backdrop. And what I found fascinating as I looked at images and um, for this talk, I found these faces. This is a runaway. Um, in the backdrop, in the background, where they found um, refuge in with these um, Union soldiers. Images such as this, they said that this is for the amusement of the children. Um, it was really fascinating to see Anthony uh, show the photograph of children, and here's a sense of playfulness. Letter writing, what I found also was so important, these are white soldiers reading letters, um, but it was also bringing um, the war home to family members. And this exact same experience happened to black soldiers. I didn't find letters, um, then reading letters, but I found moments where, you know, playing with the dog posed as part of the movement. A woman within the scene outside of um, a prison of war, 
And then here again, women part of the movement. That Harriet Tubman was one of um, a significant person within the war as she was seen as um, used in terms of leading people. She was a nurse. She was also interested in you know, saving a number of, of the wounded black soldiers and creating monuments for them. She worked in stores. She fed them. And so these are just, just some of the images that I just wanted to share um, posing. It took a long time for um, them to volunteer, to the volunteers to be accepted, and then also to be given guns. But then the photographers found it important to make these images, that they were part of this notion of their own, fighting for their own freedom. So the photographs were used. Um, this is a burial ground for, for blacks. This is Susie King, who was also a nurse in, in the Army. And, and, and to find images of women actively um, working within this notion of, of the um, experience of freedom. That images such as this photograph here of Gordon, also known for with the anti-slavery movement, but also used when he ran away in, 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 some of the, in, in Louisiana and the, the surgeons um, happened to see his back and, and decided to use this as an image to show the brutality of slavery. But also when, um, and it was really wonderful, Tony, how you used the two photographers because another group of photographers used this image as a deterrent for runaways to say this is could hap this would happen in terms of punishment if you're found. So there were you this photograph was used for um, a, you know for two purposes, dual purposes. And images such as this, a runaway slave ad. This is Dolly. This is in Man um, this was in Augusta, Georgia. She ran away on August seventh, eighteen sixty three. It says her likeness is within. Um, she's 30 years old, light complexions, hesitates someone when spoken to, and is not a very healthy woman, but rather good-looking with a fine set of teeth. Never changed her owner and has been a house servant always. It is thought that she had been enticed off by some white man, being herself a stranger to the city and belonging to the Charleston family of Manacle. So the Manacle family, when the Union soldiers um, entered into South Carolina, they decided to leave and, and moved to Augusta, Georgia, Dolly was always a special person in, in Louis Manacold's life. So he also had her photographed. He had this cart pasted on this lined paper, $50 reward, and this was in the police station of Augusta, Georgia. There are two possible accounts that the Union soldiers found Dolly, took her away. There's also another that Dolly's lover took her away. Um, but the fact that there's, there's a sense of, of desertion and a desperation in the way that this is written, that it's, um, he feels betrayed, he feels that Dolly left him, but there's a longing in, in reading this, um, this letter. We also see images that were used um, of other women, but this image here of blind Tom Bethune um, he was a, um, he, worked, he, he worked for, quote, the Confederacy in terms of the aspect of he was owned 
by, um, by a man by the name of James Bethune. He lived in Virginia and South Carolina and traveled in Georgia for the Confederate Army to raise money for during the Civil War. Um, he his, he was, had been with the family since he was four years old. So he played um, benefits and, and, the, and the Confederate Army raised a lot of money um, based on blind Tom Bethune. And so it's, it's just a fascinating and amazing story to see um, this um, boy genius uh, musician posed but also raising money. Um, and then after, his, he was never freed by his, by his owner. When he died, he passed, his, his, uh, he passed him over to, signed him over to his daughter. So it continued within the family. So just ending with uh, some other images that I, I just found just striking when finding you know, black figures in um, the background and stories related to, to them. And I'm going to just go through, just to tie into a, a, a few, two photographers, Wendell White and Willie Williams, who are actually going through looking and finding Civil War sites, burial sites that we are unfamiliar with, well, I am, um, specifically in New Jersey, uh, Port Republic, New Jersey, where black families maintain burial grounds um, and monuments and the reenactments in, in New Jersey, in Port uh, Republic, New Jersey. And then uh, Willie Williams, he is interested in finding these sites and go, traveling through the South and looking for, um, in Brownsville, Texas, also in Oklahoma, burial sites, and then also battlegrounds. And so this stays alive in this active voice of the memory of creating stories about black soldiers and their invisibility and making them, in, making them visible today. Thank you. Thank you.